There is something about saying who you are. God's name is, one of them, is I am that I am. I mean, that's his name. I am. I am. Look at somebody and say, I am a child of God. It always feels good when you say who you are. Because you're created in God's image and his likeness. That just that phrase, I am. You know, in the garden when they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth to arrest him. And Jesus said, I am. And, and knocked all the soldiers down. Boom. That's a drop the mic moment. You know what I mean? When you say, I am. And the soldiers fall down. Like, I don't think you're taking me tonight. And that's what happens in the spirit when we begin to tell, uh, when we begin to declare who we are, it begins all kinds of fears and all kinds of insecurities begin to fall off of our lives just with a confession of our voice. Because sometimes our life, our struggles, our mistakes, our situations can start telling us who we are. Or it can beating us down and, you know, situations with our whatever, our kids, our life, our husband, our family. Suddenly we, we hear these voices start telling us, like, you are your circumstance. You are your choices. You are, and if you're not careful, you'll start believing it. And so God's word becomes super important to us because uh, who we are is not yet revealed. Like when you give your life to Christ, something inside of you was perfect inside of you. Now it's working its way out, right? And, and, and so you're, you're in this process where you've got to identify as someone new, even though there's still some issues that you're working through that it's not quite what you want to be. But you've got to keep identifying with who Jesus says you are. Can you say it when we say, I am who he says I am. Now, we've been talking about the power of the blood of Jesus. The most powerful thing ever released in planet Earth was the blood of Jesus. It was redeeming blood. It was blood that redeemed. And we covered uh, the, these, these uh, so far. We covered five of them so far. Actually, Jesus shed his blood on seven different occasions. And each one of them speaks to us. From the garden, we talked about the blood of faithfulness when he was saying, not my will, but what? Your will, like the, the problem with mankind is he wants to do his own thing. And Adam did his own thing. And Jesus shed blood and said, hey, from now on, not what I want. Even if I'm tempted, not what I want, but what you want. He changed our nature with that blood. Then we talked about the blood of healing, the blood from the back of Jesus. By his stripes we are. We talked about how he, we, of health and healing where he changed, he reduced stress from our life. And he reduced the addiction from our life, not reduce it, removed addiction from our life. All of this became part of healing for us, changing our nature with his blood. We talked about the blood of conquest, the crown that was on the head of Jesus, that, that nature to conquer rather than just submitting and surrendering to your circumstances and to your weaknesses, to have a conquest, a conquering spirit in your blood. How many of you know that's, that's in the blood of Jesus? How many believe that Jesus has conquering blood? And you got that inside of you. You've got that kind of nature inside of you, a conquering nature. But you have to remember what you won, what was the victory that was given to you through the blood of Jesus. And the last few weeks we've been talking about the blood of purpose, that from the blood from the feet of Jesus. When they nailed 
those nails into his feet, that blood speaks to us of having divine purpose and moving out of um, survival and into purpose, into divine purpose. So when we go to eternity, we don't just, we can't just make excuses about how we blew our lives, but that we lived for eternity and made an impact. Tell someone next to you, I think you're pretty awesome. Just let them know, you're one of the people that came to church after spring break. You must be awesome. I don't know. The evidence suggests that you're awesome. All I can say is it looks to me like you're awesome. We're not going to mention those people who are on the beach today. We still love them, but you happen to be awesome. I'm not going to say they're not awesome. I'm just going to say you are awesome. And so today I want to talk about something that will really change your life. If you know, Everything in the kingdom works by releasing faith. That's why you hear the word of God. You hear, and from these words, God speaks to you and it creates faith. You release your faith and God releases power. This is the new covenant. Well, God gives you a word. Do you believe it? If you believe it, you release your faith. You release your faith. God releases power. That's the new covenant. That's why we have... Uh, Communion, so we a place for us to release our faith to say, I exchanged my weakness for his strength. I exchanged my poverty for his wealth. I exchanged my stress for his peace. So the cross where he took my place, I had an exchange. So every time we see the blood of Jesus, we see this exchange. And the blood from the face of Jesus we want to talk about today, the blood of the new identity. Let's read Genesis 2. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not embarrassed or ashamed in each other's presence. Genesis, now let's go to Genesis 3, 7. After they sinned, then the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed, sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron-like garments. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for causing our heart to be awakened to understand who we are in you, so that we can live a life that you called us to live. Help us to come into a new identity through your blood today, Lord Jesus. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus that everybody said, amen. It was, isn't it interesting that the very first thing that happens as a result of sin, God said if you sin, you're going to die. Isn't it interesting, the very first thing that happens is they become self-conscious. Very first thing that happens. They were naked and didn't know it. I mean, I could, you know, I've had that. Have you had the dream? Where you're at work and you're like, you forgot your clothes? Like, wait, wait a second. And why didn't I notice that? Everybody had that dream. But I don't know if I could notice. They, they, he didn't even notice that his wife was naked. You know, that's, you know, that's bad. <laughs> you know, you were totally disconnected. If you don't recognize that, it said that, they said that they were, they were naked and they were embarrassed. They, they were like completely naked and weren't embarrassed. And uh, that, that's, uh, that's, that's, it's hard, a hard concept to understand, but it was like this was this idea of being completely open and honest and being like, here's who I this is who I am. And they were comfortable literally in their own skin. And a lot of people aren't. And as a result of the fall, they were no longer comfortable in their own skin. Then they had to try to... Uh, hide from God and put on some leaves. That was the first shopping trip. We know shopping trips are not from God sometimes. First shopping trip was to a, a leaf back, a leaf tree, and they got a big fig leaf, I guess. Or they, but, you know, traditionally, they got a leaf fig, but they thought, man, I got to cover up. And they, they, they started this process 
of covering up who they were and stopped being open and honest and real. They started being embarrassed about who they were and started trying to become pleasing to other people. You say, that's not a big deal. It's the curse. It's the curse. It's the curse. The first curse that came from sin that was called death is, I'm afraid of what other people think about me. Some of you relate today because your wife could not get out in front of the mirror. I know I got in trouble just then. This is me backing up right now. Now I'm just teasing. I, I think it's great to look pretty. I would, I'm, I'm, I for one, I'm happy that you were in front of the mirror. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> they used to say it was a sin to wear makeup, but for some people, it's a sin not to. Like, no, no, girl, you got to go back up in there. <laughs> we not, you're, not, you're not leaving. We're not leaving, are we? Because I got a few minutes. We'll just be late. We'll just be late. <laughs> take, take your time. Take your time. And look, my wife's got so much stuff. It's like Bondo, spray paint. <laughs> There's stuff going on in there I didn't want to know about. I walk through there just like fair, a cloud I'm walking through. It gets in my eyes, my there's machines in there. I don't know what's going on. But when, when it comes out, it looks good. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Diane's not here today, so I'm off, I'm off the hook. <laughs> Diane's in New Orleans with Evan and Leah today. So I can say whatever I want to say. Don't tell. I don't want to see any cameras going up today. Like, oh, no. Oh, I'll tell. Have you ever noticed that women stick together no matter what? If you go say, man, my wife beat me up. Well, you probably deserved it. <laughs> I don't care what she did. If it's another woman, well, it's probably you. <laughs> but the awakening of self-consciousness, it, it just got to get your head around that this is what it means to be on, in the fall, in the curse, to be so conscious about what everybody else thinks about you that you don't even know who you are. So into the cover-up. So into the pretension of trying to present something acceptable to the world that you lost yourself. The Bible teaches that this is the curse. One of the most fearful things, is, I think it's number two, that people fear is being in front of people. I mean, look, did Michaela and Brandon do great today? Michaela and Brandon, Michaela and Brandon. Brandon and Michaela, I just love them. And they're getting that house, man. God's blessing them. It's like, it's, they're just so awesome. Now, the word, the term self-conscious in the dictionary is this. Uh, feeling uncomfortably nervous or embarrassed when in the presence of or when being observed by others. When I read that, somebody said, I got that. Well, if you have that, that's called self-conscious and that's called the curse. Now, I don't want to make you feel like, oh, no, I'm a curse. No, you just haven't, you haven't, you haven't applied the redemption yet. You don't have to be like this is what I'm saying. You don't have to live this way, constantly concerned about not looking right or being too big or too small. Or, that all came from the devil. God created you perfect. You know, you'd look at you. You're just perfect. You know, I don't care. It, look, you, you are made perfect. You're the perfect, you have the perfect face. 
You have the perfect eyes. You well, well, it doesn't look like Hollywood. Who cares what Hollywood looks like? You're perfect. God made you. You're perfectly made for your purpose. And you need to stop worrying about what other people think about what you look like. You, you look awesome. Look at hug somebody and say, you look awesome. What are you talking about? Just look, you're perfect. I mean, perfect. You were perfect for your purpose. I didn't say you were handsome. Some of you aren't. <laughs> I said you were perfect. I didn't say you were beautiful. Some might not be. But like the old guy said, you know, everybody, everything is beautiful in its own way. I remember one time a guy, uh, I hadn't seen him for a couple, he was an associate for a long time. He came back and showed me his new baby, and it was wrapped up at first. And you know how you, you have to say something nice? And when they unwrapped the baby, I actually scared, it scared me. I said, hey. <laughs> it actually scared me for a second. I was like, hey, hey, easy, easy. And then my mind is like, what do I say, what do I say? I was like, wow, that is a baby. That right there, that's a baby you got going right there. That's a man. I can tell that ain't a girl, is it? It ain't a girl. Oh, yeah, it is a girl. Oh, yeah, I mean, it looks kind of like a girl. <laughs> but I can tell you in God's eyes, you are beautiful, and the truth is you are who you think you are. People who think they're unattractive are, not because of the way they look, because of what's inside of them. What makes you a great success in this life is to get out from under the curse of worrying about what people think about you and be you. Be who God made you to be. Forget about putting on leaves and perfect, you know what I'm saying, don't forget about it completely. I mean, obviously we still wear clothes. But put the, the, the whole pretension of trying to be something for other people, you got to get free from that. God wants you to be free from being uncomfortable and nervous and embarrassed because other people, you're around other people. you got to target that. That's not your friend. That's your enemy. There's nothing wrong with wanting to look nice. You ought to look nice. No, no problem with grooming yourself. You ought to groom yourself. But trying to overcome fear by getting surgery, trying to over, overcome fear by trying to look like a different person, you got to get healed on the inside or you'll never be happy. You know, I, 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 Johns Hopkins, they quit doing Johns Hopkins Hospital, refused to do any kind of trans gender surgery because their studies have proven that no matter what they cut off or sew on, the person is more miserable after than before. You didn't help them because the problem was not on the outside, the problem is on the inside. You can't heal something that's wrong on the inside with something on the outside. Only the world believes that because they're in an identity crisis. Because they separated themselves from God. They said, God, you don't exist. No wonder they don't know who they are. And it really is sad because it's like telling children that you're in the middle of the forest and there's no compass. That there is no right, there is no wrong. Do whatever you feel. You are what you say you are. You're, you are who God says you are. There is no self-identifying. There's only who does God say you are, I am, who he says I am. And I mean that, not, not condescending to anybody. But you have to lock in and say, I am who God says I am. I'm a child of God. I am who I am. I am the gender. I am everything that God says I am. I'm not who I feel or what I think or what other people say about me. Adam was conscious of basically three things. And this is what it means to have a healthy self-image. Number one, he was conscious of the presence of God, of a loving father. 
your, your consciousness, to be conscious, the first thing you've got to be conscious of is God's here with me. He, he, he didn't know much in the garden, but he knew he's, he, dad's going to come by in the afternoon. We're going to hang out. He knew the presence of God. He was, he was connected to it. The second thing he knew was he knew who he was in God. He knew who he was in God. He knew he was a son. He knew he was, he was a son. And every day when he would walk in the cool of the evening, he understood that not, that's not only God, but I'm his son and I'm loved. I'm not a slave. I'm not a worker. I'm a son. He knew that. And he knew his purpose and he knew his identity. He knew his function was to keep the garden and his purpose was to multiply. God told him, be fruitful, multiply. He knew that was his thing to do. And he understood he had to keep the garden, that that was his task he had to do. So all of us have a function, something we do for a living. And then we have something more important, we multiply. We not only take care of our families, which is natural multiplication, but we also multiply spiritually. So here's the thing. When someone is disconnected from God, they don't know any of those three things. The more disconnected from God you get, you don't know who he is. You're not conscious of his presence. The Holy Spirit could, could walk in with a polka dot dress. You wouldn't even know it. You don't know who you are in him because you don't know how you, you don't know who, where you stand with God. You're kind of avoiding him and you, don't, you think he might be mad at you. You don't have a concept of a healthy, loving father. So you don't have that and then suddenly you don't even know why you're here. What you're supposed to be doing. I mean, it's, you're just, that's what it means to be lost. Not to know the presence of God. Not to know who you are in him. And not to know why you were born and what you're supposed to do with your life. That's what it means to be lost. And that's what a healthy, to be conscious of God. To be conscious of who you are in God. And to be conscious of your purpose to love others and to care for others. This is life. And then it doesn't matter if your hair is brown or you don't have any hair. It really doesn't matter because you start living from the inside out, not the outside in. You can meet the most beautiful person in the world. doesn't mean they're a beautiful person. It only takes about five minutes to say, hmm, they look good on the outside, but. About 45 minutes, you'll be like, love you, but see ya. Because what makes you want to be around somebody is what's on the inside of you. And that's the beautiful part, and that means that nothing can stop you from being beautiful except for you. You're the one. You make a decision who you are. You take on that identity of being someone who's confident and loved and strong and has a purpose and knows God and knows who they are in God. <laughs> Obsession with outward appearance is... A huge part of the result of sin, the more that people indulge in sin and in godlessness and lawlessness, the more they have an identity crisis. Plastic surgery and identity politics and identity confusion and weight loss and workout and clothes and cars and houses and makeup and on and on and on and on. Everything is, everybody's trying to polish all this up so that someone else will like them. How many teenagers are killing themselves because they feel like they're too fat or too tall or too short or they talk funny or some other devil-inspired concept? 
You don't realize you've got a lot more value than what people think of you. I don't know a lot about art, but I know that, a, a, that a, an original is much more valuable than a copy. I can get a copy of a Picasso for about $2. But a real Picasso is going to cost you about $4 million. Why not be an original? Why not be you? Why not say, you be you. I'm going to be me. I'm who God told me to be. I don't have to be what you want me to be. I'm going to be who God says I am. What makes you valuable is that you're an original. You have the right eyes, right face, right personality. I don't like the way I talk. You, got the, you talk just right. The way you sound. Some people hear themselves on a tape machine like, I hate the way my voice sounds. Stop it. You got the exact voice for some exact reason. And God made sure you had it. And don't criticize it because in God's eyes, it's beautiful. Look, tell somebody you're an original. You're an original. Look, look in the mirror every day and say, I'm an original, man. I'm an original. One side of my face don't look like the other side of my face. You ever notice that? Like God was like, no, let's not do two sides exactly the same. Let's do both different. If you look long enough, like, one of my shoulders high, that's right, everything's messed up. But God said, no, no, you're, just, you're, like, you're, you're like a Picasso, literally. Like, you got an arm here and a leg. <laughs> but God made you perfect with all those perfect imperfections. And all those perfect little quirks in your personality. You're supposed to be that guy. You're supposed to have that sense of humor. You're supposed to be so serious. All the things that you think you're not, don't let the enemy beat you up with that. You are who God says you are. You God are who God made you to be. Celebrate who God made you. Celebrate, don't celebrate sin and all that foolishness and confusion. Celebrate what God says about you and become the best you you could ever be. Self-consciousness is the result of the fall. It's the curse. Jesus broke every curse with his blood when they beat his face to a pulp and blood came out. Now, how do I know? You say, well, Pastor Ray, he was getting hit by everybody. That's true. But in Isaiah, in, in, in these two messianic scriptures, I want you to see Isaiah 50, verse 6. It's talking about Jesus and this identity issue. He says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to those who plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. He said, I intentionally gave him my face. You know, you should never slap your kids in the face because this is their identity. That's why God gave you a junk in the trunk. <laughs> you don't hit them anywhere. That's, that's why it's soft back there. Some of you softer than others. <laughs> All right, Diane's not here. I'm just going to blame it on that. <laughs> but but that's, that's, where you, that's where spankings go. But you don't hit somebody in the face because it's an insult to their, who they are. Because a face is who a person is. It, you don't, when you think about a person, you don't think about their body, their fingers, their hands. You think about their face because that's their identity. You think about when, they, when I say someone's name, you think of a face. When I say John F. Kennedy, you think of a face. Because it comes to your mind because that's who a person, your identity is in your face. And Jesus said, I gave him my face. And they pulled out his beard. And blood came out. And they smacked him. And they spit on him. And they slapped him. And they punched him in the face. And when the blood came out, that blood had a voice to you. 
and said, I'm redeeming your identity. Now, if I would be kidding you if I told you you could change by just willpower or go get some psychological help, to, to change, you're going to have to have a change of nature that's not so self-conscious. You're going to have to have a miracle. You're going to have to have a blood transfusion. You're going to have to get something out of your nature or you're going to be awkward and nervous for your entire life. But Jesus, this blood from his face is speaking to you today. Isaiah 52, 14, another messianic scripture. It says, but this is the living translation. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. Speaking of Jesus after his beating, this was thousands of years before Jesus, but it's indicating that this was not an accident, but this blood has a voice. That they beat him and he bled. And that blood that came from his face said, you can have your identity back. And you don't have to be depressed and upset and insecure and feel rejected because you're different. You know, it's God made you different and you just need to celebrate that you're different. And you need something on the inside to change. And the blood of Jesus changes the inside of us. Jesus himself challenged people to lose themselves and find their new identity. Luke 9, I'm getting ready to finish. Luke 9, 23. And he said to all, if any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself. What does that mean, deny self? Well, this is what it means. This is the Amplified. Disown himself. Forget himself. Lose sight of himself and his own interests. Refuse and give up himself. Now stop right there. It's very difficult to be self-conscious if you just disowned yourself forgot yourself, lost sight of yourself and your own interests, and you refused and gave up yourself, you can't be self-conscious. Jesus said, here's a great invitation to Jesus to say, hey, if you want to come after me, you're going to have to lose you. You're going to have to come into a new identity. You're going to have to let go of that identity, and you're going to have to come into a great new identity. You can't follow me with that old identity. You can't follow me with that old way you used to think about yourself, the old way you used to talk about yourself. If you want to come to me, you got to get rid of the old self. Stop thinking about yourself. See, to come into this, it can't be, how can Jesus help me? It has to be, I gave myself away. What do you want me to do? Suddenly I'm not thinking about myself anymore, what I look like, what people think about me. I'm just conscious of the presence of the Father. I'm conscious of who I am in Christ, and I'm conscious of my purpose in Him. I get my identity back. Listen, when you are self-conscious, you surrender your gifts. Listen, young people, when you are self-conscious, you surrender your gifts and diminish your contribution. I remember I went to a, a, um, a, a predominantly black school. It wasn't all black because I was there. But, uh, but I went to predominantly black school. And uh, um, it, it was challenging because I was, uh, you know, sticking out a lot. <laughs> you know, my, my dad was the principal of the high school and I went to Clinton. And it was a great blessing to be there because I got to know what it min- feels like to be a minority. And uh, I remember I was, um, I was uh, it was Christmas time, and I was 
the band director was super cool, and I was in the band, and it was a, a small group of guys. I still remember it. He started, uh, he, was started he said, for the Christmas program, I really want to, to, uh, to sing for us to play that song, Bells Will Be Ringing, because everybody's going to love it. And I was like, I know how to play that song. He says, does anybody know how to play it on the piano? And then some dude said, I'll do it. And he, said, he tried to play it, and, and the band director said, you don't know how to play it. And I'm sitting there like, this, I, I can do this. I can do this. But what am I going to think? I'm the only white guy in a, full of, a room full of black people. I'm probably going to sound really corny. I'm probably not going to be cool enough. And I'm telling you, I choke. I'm, I'm, this, I'm, I'm over 40 now. And I still remember that moment of thinking, I missed my moment because I was too insecure. You ever had a moment like that? Some of you guys saw a girl you wanted to ask her out. You're like, okay, okay. you could have married that girl. You'd have three kids by now. <laughs> when you're insecure, when you're self-conscious, You surrender your gifts and diminish your contribution. There is a cost to being self-conscious. Well, it doesn't matter. It does matter. You do matter. You're smart. You've got something to add. You've got something to say. I just won't say anything. Say it. That's the problem. You've got to get out of that and come into who you are. Stop telling yourself it's not important what you're going to say and what, what you're going to be and what you can add to the story. God puts you here for a reason. And self-consciousness traps you in self-rejection. When you're self-conscious, you lose your influence on others. When you're insecure, you don't influence anybody, they influence you. You're always wondering, do you like me? And you're always trying to get them to accept you. When you're self-conscious, life becomes awkward and stressful. And the worst part, when you're self-conscious, you stop being you. When you're self-conscious, you stop being you. You stop being you, and you start becoming what others want you to be. Look at someone next to you and say, no more. No more. Listen, no more. No more. No more. Say it again with me. No more. No more. No more. And I'll tell you, it's not going to stop by a decision of your will. It's going to stop by your faith toward the blood of Jesus. You're going to stop being controlled by other people. And you're going to stand up and be who God called you to be. You're going to be the person God wants you to be. You're going to rise up and do the thing God calls you to do. You're going to stop being intimidated. You're going to stop allowing the enemy to scare you. And you're going to step into the place that God called you to be. The blood of Jesus that came from his face has a voice. Has a voice. You know what you need? You need a voice. You need a voice. See, the Bible says the blood of Jesus, says in Hebrews, let me just quote it to you. Hebrews 12, 24, it says, To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Remember, Abel's blood cried out literally from the ground to God and spoke. The blood of Jesus inside of you, when you don't, you're not just drinking juice today. When you drink the blood of Jesus, his voice gets inside of you. And there's a 
voice from the blood, from the face of Jesus that says, listen, you are who I say you are. There's a voice that says, get up and be better than you are. Rise up and conquer. Be everything I called you to be. I don't care about your mistakes. I don't care about your past. I don't care about what you've been through. There's a voice inside of you that says, rise up and be who I called you to be. There's a voice that says, I'm a child of God. Say it when we say, I am a child of God. Come on. Say, I am loved. I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am blessed and highly favored. I am the head and not the tail. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am blessed going out. And I'm blessed coming in. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am of infinite value to God. I am called to change the world. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. High above all my enemies. I am healed. I am restored. I am transformed by his grace. I am more than a conqueror through him. Come on, lift your hand and just say, I am who he says I am. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Say, I'm strong. Come on, with your hands lifted, say, I'm able. I'm a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. Fear has no impact on my life. I'm not limited. I'm not a slave. I will not criticize myself. And I will not receive criticism. I am who he says I am. Now the usher is going to come forward and we're going to receive. I'm gonna, this is going to be a ministry moment where you're going to receive communion. And the blood of Jesus is going to begin to change everything in your life. Come on, while they're coming, say, I am the light of the world. I'm a city set on the hill that cannot be hid. You're going to start, because of the blood of Jesus from his face, you're going to start seeing yourself through the eyes of a loving father again. And you say, Pastor Bray, well, you don't don't know what I've done. Because of the blood of Jesus, it doesn't matter. You don't have to see yourself through things that you've done, mistakes and things you've been through. The blood of Jesus is the great eraser that makes it all invisible. And all you have is a future. All you have is what God says about you. Today when you receive communion, you're going to become conscious of the presence of God. You're going to become conscious of who you are in Him. You're going to have a voice inside of you speaking to you. Let me just tell you, in spite of your mistakes, this is who you are. In spite of your weaknesses, this is who you are. In spite of what you've been through, this is who you are. You're going to have a voice speaking better things than than righteous Abel. It's the blood of Jesus inside of you saying, look, you are who I say you are. Come on, we're we're going to stand up and we're going to go to your left.
everyone's going to stand up and you're going to move out to your left and we're going to just get the elements and we're going to take it together in just a moment. Yes, Jesus. Today you're going to trade self-consciousness with God-consciousness. Even while you're walking up, say it with me, say, God, finish the work you started in me. Finish it, Lord. Finish that work inside of me. So beautiful. Wonderful Jesus. You are who he says you are. You're not what other people think about you. You're not your mistakes, and you're not your failures. You are who he says you are. If the Lord says I'm righteous, then I am. If the Lord says I am holy, then I am. If the Lord says I'm more than a conqueror, then I am. Now remember, when we receive the bread, we are saying, I receive that word that changes my life because faith is about receiving God's word, this is the covenant, receiving God's word as a voice from God to us. Now how many of you today, you believe that in this particular subject that God is speaking to you? If you believe today God is speaking to you, just wave your hand. Say, God is speaking to me. All right. Well, this is, that's what this bread represents. You're receiving a word from God. That's what this body, this bread is. It's God's word. And God is telling you, I want to put an end to your self-consciousness. I want to put an end to your insecurity. And it's going to be nailed to the cross today. So let's take the bread and say, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Thank you for the bread that was broken for me. I receive at the cross. All my sins were forgiven. I receive that by the blood of Jesus, I've been delivered from all the power of the enemy. As I walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus is constantly cleansing me from all sin. I receive.
that by the blood of Jesus, I am justified. And when Jesus looks at me, it's just as if I had never sinned. I believe that by the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified and set apart from my divine purpose. I receive your word that declares the blood from the face of Jesus has canceled, has absorbed all fear and insecurity from my life. I receive that you have the power to remove that defect that causes me to be afraid of what other people think of me. I receive it today. This bread represents that word. Let it become part of me. Let your word constantly speak to me. I receive it into me right now in Jesus' name. Lord, bless it as we take it. Come on, let's take it. When we receive his word, the blood represents the power of God. Not just the blood from the cross that forgave our sins, but the blood from his face that removes our shame. Jesus hung on a cross naked and unashamed so that you could have your dignity back, so that you could stop criticizing yourself. So that you could stop diminishing yourself and so you could once again be conscious of his love and his presence and his purpose. Now, I was conscious of while I was uh, in this time of ministry, I was conscious of the pain that some of you have borne because things that you said to yourself and things that other people said to you and people that teased you and it became a part of you and the enemy used that to deform you and to wound you. So we're going to receive this blood. We're going to believe that it not only cleanses sin, but it's going to cleanse you of all those wounds. All the words that were said to you, that you said to yourself, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're fat, all those words that weren't from Jesus, that wounded you. As you receive this, it's going to be healing to your soul. Father, bless this cup as we take it. We thank you for the power of God that we receive. We thank you for the blood from the face of Jesus. We thank you that it changes our nature. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's take it. Right now. Just lift your hands. And you're going to let go of all of that pain. And you're going to let go of all of that thinking that came from that neglect or abuse or people mocking you and laughing at you. Maybe you didn't have a dad and maybe that spoke to you and maybe it made you feel like you weren't worth as much. But right now, that blood of Jesus is working inside. Lift your hands. The blood of Jesus, 
a new identity. Come on, say, I receive my new identity. And I declare from this day on, I'm not conscious of myself. I'm not conscious of what other people think about me. I'm conscious of the presence of God.